Welcome to Grace on the Go. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. This episode is a sermon from Sunday, November 14th, 2021, called Foundations of the Faith, Faith Alone, given by Pastor Chris Simmons. The scripture passage highlighted for today's sermon comes from the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 22. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. And good morning again, church. It's great to be up here with you again. So as we um, dive into the sermon about what faith is, I would tell you it's the first time I did this, but this is the first day I've ever done this because I did it at 8.30 and and it went all right. So I actually took a lesson from from Pastor Jonathan Dinger over here and I'm going to start my sermon with a joke. Never did it before except for today, so you guys are the second run at it. Hopefully, it's, I got no tomatoes or anything thrown at me during first service, but, but hear this. There was, there was a nun who worked at a local home health care agency, and she was out making her rounds, and her car ran out of gas. Luckily, she was just down the street from a gas station, so she was able to get out and walk down to the gas station, hoping to get just a gas can full of gas that could get her car the rest of the way there. So she gets there, and the gas station attendant is there. And he says, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Uh, sister, we're, our we, last gas can we had, we loaned out to somebody already. But it's probably on its way back right now if you have the time to wait. So dejected, she prayed on her way back to the car. There's got to be a way. I need to be able to get all my patients their medicine on time. And right when she got to her car, she looked inside, and aha, there in her back seat was a bedpan that she was going to use. He laughs because he knows the punchline already. (laughs) She sees there's a bedpan that she can use to carry gas to her car. Wonderful. So she grabs the bedpan. She goes, walks all the way back to the gas station, fills the bedpan full of gas, and walks very carefully back to her car. And she begins to pour from this bedpan the contents of gasoline into her car. Well, unknown to her, there were two men hiking in the forest, and they come out, and they see an elderly nun pouring the contents of a bedpan into her car. (laughs) Curiously, the one guy's watching, leans over to his buddy and says, now that's faith. (laughs) And I start with a joke like that because we all come with this weird idea and concept of what we think faith is. Faith could be pouring the contents of a bedpan into a car, and if you pray hard enough, that your car will start and somehow run off of this. Faith can be just believing something is going to happen. Faith could be just clinging on to something. We have all these weird ideas. What is faith? And Paul really gets to it here, starting in Romans chapter 3 at verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. So when we start talking about faith, right, there are two really big words, big fancy church words we want to use here to kind of talk about what what we're uh, defining faith and it's righteousness and justification. And I tell you these words because when I was a new Christian and these words came up, I had to Google them every service. I was like, which one is that one again? Which one does that mean? So we're going to kind of define these two and talk about how faith plays into it. The first one being righteousness, right? If you want the definition here, it's the state of being right. 
The state of being right. Okay, well, you used the word in the definition of the word, Pastor Chris. That's a no-no, right? So what do we mean by that? The state of being right. It, you know, it's funny. I grew up watching Ninja Turtles, right? And there was Michelangelo. He was Cowabunga. He was that guy. And he was kind of that California surfer dude. And we use that kind of language all the time when uh, it's like, hey, man, uh, do you want to, uh, do you like what you're eating? He goes, oh, man, it's righteous. We don't really talk like that as much anymore if some of you look at me confused. But let, let, let's use that word for the sake of this example. If, if Teresa brought, brought to me the, the worship bulletin for this week, and she says, Pastor Chris, can you look through it? What do you think? And I go, Teresa, it's righteous. Right? What I mean by that, it is right. It is good with me. I'm good with it, and it's in a state of being good with me. So you following what righteous means here, church? Right? Righteous is a state of being good, of being right, being agreeable with one another. Right? And then we have justification. Right? The best way to define this, it's the process of being made right. So we got the state of being made right, right? which is a state of being, which my, my wonderful English teacher would tell you is a noun, right? a state of being. And then we have the process of being made right, which is a verb. Right? The process of being made right is justification. To kind of clarify that for you, imagine you are um, at a trial, and you're on trial. You're right here, and the judge is over here. Everything's presented. At the end of the trial, he takes his gavel, and he bangs it, and says, not guilty. You're innocent. Now, since I've been declared innocent, I've been justified. I've been declared right, so now I live in this state of righteousness, being good with everybody. Everybody, I'm good. I'm innocent. I'm okay. I actually don't have any crimes to make an example out of, which is probably good for your pastor to, to say that. And I bring that up because we have justified by Christ, right? We have this great phrase, it's by grace through faith on account of Christ that we are indeed saved. You got all the cool banners that line that up for you. To say that I'm justified by Jesus Christ, He's, we are told he took upon himself our unrighteousness, and he lived the perfect life. He went to the cross and he died for our sins and was resurrected so we can be with him again. The process that Jesus went through, that's what makes us righteous. He's taken upon our sins for us so we can be made clean. So in the sight of God, over here for righteous again, he sees us as righteous because of what Christ has done for us. So if you get that, when we say Christ came to redeem all people, that's the process. He certainly did. But yet we still read stuff like, for some reason, all people aren't saved. And it's like, well, well, hold on. I thought we had the process here and we're good and it puts us in the state here. There's something in the middle. There's a bridge that gathers those two together. And it receives the justification that Jesus did for all people so we can be righteous in the sight of God. Guess what it is? Faith, oh man, I was about to say, I, maybe I, I restart my sermon in case I didn't get across. Right? No, I know, right? It's the bridge that connects the two, and that's faith. Faith is what receives the promises of God because, on account of Jesus receiving those promises, God says, I now see you as righteous because of the justification you received from Jesus Christ. So we have everything coming together. And church, would you say that faith is a good thing? Yes. yes, I know. He's always quick to answer. I like that. It's like I gave him a test beforehand. But church, you're agreeing with me. Faith is a good thing, right? Yes. Absolutely. Receives the promises of God. You would want it, right? Yes. 
Yes, we want it. So how do we get it? Maybe I should keep preaching. Show me. I know. It is given. All right. That's the end of the sermon. He's got it. He's got the right answer. Well, how do we get faith is the next point, right? How do we get it? Well, honestly, to complete that phrase, you just got to believe. You just got to believe. Do you like my proper English over there? Got to. That's how I say it. You just got to believe. Miracle on 34th Street. You already know I'm in the Christmas mood. I jingle bell all the way, right? (laughs) Miracle on 34th Street. If you want Santa Claus to be saved from being incarcerated in jail, you just got to what? You just got to believe in Santa, right? And we hear this all the time as kids, don't we? Right? You can be whatever you want to be if you just believe in yourself. And we all know that's a little iffy, right? Okay, but still, believe in yourself. We hear it all the time. Arthur's theme song, if you ever hear the opening to Arthur, I might be dating myself, right? It just talks about believe in yourself. That's the place to start. We're told all the time, you just got to believe. Even in Scripture, it's what we hear, right? In Scripture, we hear, believe in the one whom he has sent. Believe in the one that God the Father has sent, and that is Jesus Christ. And then Jesus says himself in John 3.16, For all those who believe in him will have eternal life. Do you think believing is important? I get the nods. Yes, yes, good, good. But often, here's where it gets tricky. We use the word faith and believe synonymously. Because it seems like they should be. And there are certainly characteristics that link the two. But they're certainly not to be used synonymously, right? Because then we get phrases like this. Ah, that's the day I chose to believe in God. That's the day that I chose to give my life to Christ. And being a a new Christian, not, I mean, well, I'm your pastor, so it's been a while, right? But a long while ago, right? I said things like that, and I was like, that doesn't feel right with me. It doesn't settle well. What what gives with that? The day I gave my life to Jesus, the day that I chose to have faith in God. Now, all of a sudden, we're in a really sticky situation. Because, see, we all just agreed that faith's a good thing. And that Jesus justifies us by his actions... Not us contributing to it, right? We read here in Romans 3, 27. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from works. And apart from works of the law. We hear that, but if it was my choice to believe in God or not, right? Well, well, what gives? All of a sudden, if I'm the one choosing to believe in God, I'm the one saving myself. You see, yeah, Jesus did all these great things, but I'm the one that's choosing to accept them. So maybe he did 99% of the work, but now I got my 1% in. But it's not by works of the law. So here's a question I have for you, church, which is really interesting. Can we choose to believe in something? Can you choose to have faith in something? It's really an interesting thing to consider because I want you to have an example over here. I have one for you, right? So imagine um, you guys showed up for 11 o'clock. You hear these awesome jams. Music's going great. You are in the mood. Sermon comes up, and I don't show up. You look around. I haven't been here the whole time. Oh, man. Where's Pastor Chris? And and Jonathan's just like, I've had it. I'm tired. I need to sit down. And he can't come up and fill in. What's going to happen? But then the doors fling open. And the wind swirls around the room, and here I am. 
and I fly into worship. And I do some loop-de-loops to make sure you see me flying around. I wave at some of you. And then I land up here, and I give you the best sermon you've ever heard. It's obviously not this one. (laughs) It's the best sermon you've ever heard. And then I tell you, church, church, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fly out of here the way that I flew in here. Would you believe that I flew in here and that I could fly out? Yeah, you saw me do it, right? You would have faith that I could fly out of here because you saw me fly in. Now, here's the point to all that. Why do you believe that? Is it because you chose to believe it? Or is it because I gave you the gift to be able to believe in it? Does that make sense? Without me flying in here, I have enabled you now to believe that I could fly out. And that's a big point. The key point here, faith is given to you, not chosen by you. Because see, you saw me flying here. There was evidence that you can indeed believe that. And I say that to you as we roll into this, because Abram, in our Genesis reading today, Abram didn't choose God. God went to Abram. And God went to Abram, who became Abraham, and it was accounted to him as righteousness, right? That belief, that faith that was given to him by God. So regardless of what you may believe or have faith in, right? I can look around the room and I can point at you and say, no matter what you believe, let's, let's take me out of the fictional world here, you could believe with all your heart that I f- could fly. I tried just to make sure. I can't, right? You could believe all day that I could fly, but if there was no evidence for you to believe that, why would you believe it? You would be crazy. And I say that because, let's put me back in the fiction world, if I did fly in here, and I flew around and I said, can I fly out of here? And you say, I choose not to believe that. Well, you would be silly if you saw me already fly around to say, I choose not to believe that, because regardless of what you believe or choose to believe, it happened. And when we bring this back to Jesus, regardless of what you want to choose to believe or not, God came incarnate to earth, lived a perfect life, took on the sins of the world and died on the cross and was resurrected again so we could be with him. Regardless of what one would choose, it happened. And here's the great part of the gospel message. I think it skipped a little bit too much. Not here, of course, but in other locations. Right? The gospel message that the the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus for you, we get that. We get that all the time. Awesome. Here's the part that's in the background. It's this. God is the one that gives you the ability to even believe it. God is the one that gives you faith so you can receive that promise. And that's amazing, church, that God does it all for us. Now, before this gets a little little off, there's a verse in Hebrews 11, verse 1, I want to address, and it's this. Now, faith... It's being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Because if it was about us choosing faith, I'll tell you what, it would be easy if I was one of the apostles, number 13 in the background, right? And I got to walk alongside with Jesus and listen to him for years, three years, and I got to witness all the miracles. 
Wouldn't it be easy to choose faith if that were the case? Absolutely. And I would still love to do that, don't get me wrong, but we, this is where it gets a little off, is we often confuse two terms, and it's evidence and evident. Right? Evident is something's happening in front of me. I can't choose to not take the, the evidence because it's happening right in front of me. But evidence is different, right? The evidence of me flying around the room is that, wow, I will believe because I've seen it. But here's something we all know. Whether you're, you're Christian or not, there are things that you can't quite explain that happen in your life. There is evidence of God in all of your lives, the little things that you just can't explain. The things that added up a certain way, it's like, Lord, I don't know how that happened. Right? Someone told me in, in their 8.30, they called them God winks. Right? Little essences of God just winking at you, saying, I'm there and I'm apparent and working in your life. Those little things that we can't explain. But here's the thing. We certainly have evidence of God in our lives. But we certainly have evidence of God and an evident God that's here among us in what we receive today. Right? In communion, the very body and blood of Jesus Christ shed for you. Church, he's right here. And of course, he's here in spirit and the Holy Spirit dwelling with us, of course. But in your baptism again, the Holy Spirit comes in the water and the world to grant and strengthen your faith. And then in the very word of God that we get to read and that we preach from, the very word of God comes and strengthens your faith. He calls it the means of grace, is what we say. The ways that God works around us. And church, take a look around you. Look at somebody. Stop looking at me. Look at somebody that's next to you. There we go. Thank you. She's listening very well, right? You see a person next to you, guess what? This community, the very church, is another means of God's grace. The person next to you, if you came here today a little bummed out, maybe you're not feeling useful in life, God works his grace and means through you to grant and strengthen faith of the people right next to you. And now you're saying, Pastor Chris, faith sounds great, right? Can you say faith sounds great to me? Faith sounds great. Absolutely. I sure hope you think so. If not, then, then we'll, we'll do this again sometime. <laughs> right? So we have an idea of what faith is. And now we have an idea, okay, well, faith is not a work of my own. It's a gift from God. That's how we get it. God gave me faith. Awesome. But what, what's this about faith saving me? How does faith save me? And I say that to you because it's a slightly incorrect phrase. In my kind of studying for this sermon, I, I, I did, uh, I read a couple articles, and I love what this article said. And hear this. The question is not whether you have faith or don't. The question is if you believe in the right thing. The question is not whether you have faith or don't. The question is if you believe in the right thing. You can have all the sincerely held beliefs you want, but are they true? You can have the strongest faith a person could possibly have. But if the thing you believe is uncertain at best or false at worst, then your faith is worthless. I included the rest of that in particular because we look at our neighbors in the community, right? The neighbors that live next to you and things going on. And it's something that really needs to be heard no matter how sincere your faith may be. No matter how strong your faith may appear. If your faith is in the wrong thing, your faith is worthless. And often we see people that have put their faith in something else. 
And what do we do as Christians? We call them stupid. We call them names, and we get angry about it. But when you hear that their faith is worthless, no matter how sincere or strong it may be, now all of a sudden you need to... There's got to be a heart for that. There needs to be pity. There needs to be love for that sake. And I say that because we have these cool banners, right? Sola Scriptura, Sola Gratia, this summer, see, Sola Fide, and Sola Christus, right? All these awesome phrases. And one of them right here, Sola Fide, that's faith alone is what we say. And I'll tell you what, that doesn't work. Faith alone is a catchphrase doesn't work. Now, before you go and rip off the banner, let me explain it a little bit. It's the object of our faith that can save us. Now, I put can in there because it has to be the right object of faith, doesn't it? The only object of faith that can indeed save us is the only object of our faith that is faithful to the promises in which it gives, and that is Jesus. Jesus is faithful. Therefore, the placement of our faith is a good one when it's in Jesus. Because the object of our faith is indeed faithful. That's why you hear that gospel reading we had today. I love that. I always have two go-tos. If someone said, man, I just got to read the Bible for 10 minutes. Or I want to know a little bit more about um, what the Bible means to Pastor Chris. I have a very short list of greatest hits. Because all the Bible's good. So it's really hard to pick. But I got two that always impacted me a lot. One of them is John 4. This one is Mark 5, right? And that's the healing of the woman ill for 12 years with, with bleeding. And Pastor Dinger did a wonderful job kind of summarizing that for you. But what Jesus says is so powerful. When he says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. And there's What's awesome there is your faith has made you well because the object of your faith is indeed faithful because it's Jesus. And then the second phrase, I didn't mention this before, but it's go in peace. And I love that word go in peace because you read it in the Greek and what it means is wholeness. It doesn't mean quiet. It means a sense of wholeness, of being complete. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Your faith in Christ has made you complete. And your disease is healed. And we're talking a disease not just of the physical nature, but of spiritual, emotional, and mental. How wonderful and powerful is that? We read here in Romans 3.25, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement. Right? That's that justification piece we had before. Through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. Faith receives that justification. And he did it to demonstrate his righteousness, his state of being declared right with God at that present time. So, as one to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Christ. So you hear that, church. What is faith? Faith is that great gift that receives what Jesus has given to us. And it's all done by God, a divine gift from God so we can be declared right in his sight because of what Christ has done. And the gift itself is even given to us by God through the Holy Spirit, through so many different means, but it's given to us by God. So that, we read in the end, we are indeed saved by grace, that free gift from God, through faith that receives what Christ did. Because you see, faith 
is never alone. It is by faith alone in the one who saves us. And that is Christ Jesus. A God who is gracious and does it all. And to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. If you have any questions or comments, email them to podcast at gracepocatello.org. And make sure to subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on sermons and classes at Grace Lutheran Church in Pocatello, Idaho. This podcast is designed so that you can take grace with you anywhere you go. Thank you.